Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Are you giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name? The because only difference was because there was a junior at the end and not a senior. Yes, yes, and okay. because and because and because the, 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 the fact is, point with oh my god, <laughs> I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was I was upset <laughs> too when they lost us with you because of the fact of what. You... Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the in or out sports debate with your hosts Cole Johnson and Drew Willingham. Hello, everyone. We are live with another edition of the In or Out Sports Debate. I am your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's special new guest. He is someone that I actually have to play a special introduction for. Give it up for this guy here. Introducing a man who needs no introduction, the host of Cole Sports, a show that brings you first-class sports talk, Revelations, a show that changes lives one conversation at a time, and Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson, a show that brings you next-level sports and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, an inspiration to the video-producing wannabes like myself who are just trying to make it out here in these streets. The man, the myth, and the video-producing legend. Give it up for Cole Johnson. Welcome to the show, brother. Well, man, you'll make me channel Barry White up in here. Oh, show you right. So you're right. It's good to be here, man. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man, I I, I could do that all day and night. And man, it feels good to be here, Drew. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, wonderful intro. Wow. Wow. I I feel special now. Wow. (laughs) Hey, you set the bar, man. Watching Snowman in the morning, watching Cole Sports. Uh, I got to admit, I just recently started getting into Revelations. Like, Mm -hmm. I saw you in Wise's episode and a couple other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Definitely, you guys have have some great content on there and and, and helping people out with, like, you know, channeling some things within and and helping getting over the hurdle and certain things. And, you know, something that's off sports, definitely great to watch. So I I love seeing what you're doing with that. You deserve that intro. And with what you do with (laughs) Snowman, too, man, it's the least I could do, man. Snowman has been here a couple times. Wise has been here. And now, Finally, to complete the snowman in the morning saga, Cole Johnson is here for episode 47. Got him in just before the 50th episode. So thank you again, Cole, for being here. And with that being said, um, we do have to give love to the handles here when it comes to the Legacy Maker Sports Network. You can find LMSN on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, as well as LinkedIn. Coming soon for TikTok. And as well as you can always check out the content on LegacyMakerSports.com. Five new articles just dropped today with everything going on in the NFL. Definitely check that out. You can also see the inner out sports debate on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitter, and Twitch, as well as the audio platforms on Apple and Google podcast, Spotify, Amazon prime. You can also check it out on anchor.fm and download on iTunes. For those of you who want to leave a little tippy, like you do with the delivery guy, you can check me out here on cash app, throw a little tip in there and donate. What Darrell says are Willie bucks. Again, we are here with episode 47 with the legend Cole Johnson on the 
first part of Double Debate Tuesday. Tonight we have episode 48 with Raphael Haynes of the three-point conversion here at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. But right now, episode 47 with Cole. We've got a bunch of great topics in store for us to go over. But before we do that, we have to give love to the Vault of Fame. Acknowledge me. this show was so important and this is why i am personally validating and vouching for this show if, if you are anybody in media sports professional wrestling anything you need to be on in or out sports debate with my man drew willingham 46 episodes in the books we are working on episode 47 with Cole Johnson of Revelations, Cole Sports, and Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson. And for that little bit of a clip that we showed, Cole, take a minute and tell my viewers who haven't had a chance to see uh, your shows, take a minute and explain what you've got going on with your project. Okay. Well, I'll start with uh, Snowman in the Morning. That's where you found me. Uh, well, that basically is a morning show. It, it starts at 8 a.m. Eastern every, every day, Monday through Friday. And it's a two-hour show where we, well, my my co-pilot, uh, <laughs> Brian Snow, we just uh, talk about all sports and in the way that we talk about it. Because uh, we don't just simply go, well, yeah, this team sucks and da 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 da. No, we have fun with it because we know that when you watch something, you want to have fun with it. So, so we have sports takes with a little bit of fun added to, and of course. Our brother, uh, YSL Hefe, joins us, too, every Thursday and Friday and sometimes even Wednesdays. Uh, so, yeah, that's a two-hour show every weekday. Then there's Cole Sports. That is an, I won't say it's an offshoot, but it is something that I have done for the last almost seven years where it's similar to Snowman in the Morning, but it's different because it has that, it has that hard-hitting entertainment, but it also has a journalistic aspect to it as well. And then revelations that is a show where i believe everyday people have a platform where they can inspire anybody everybody has a story everybody has a revelation and it is a beautiful thing when you see it unfurled in front of people where you can say i can relate to her or i can relate to him and uh that's what i have going on actually there's an episode that's dropping today with the cambodian uh person who was in the killing fields and she escaped and went to the u.s her name is sarah m so that is at YouTube. So is Cold Sports. So is Snowman in the Morning. And all of them is also at the BS3 Network as well. Which you can definitely check out on Roku TV that they definitely uh, advertise on Snowman in the Morning as well. You guys have done a lot of great things, and you have been a great addition to Snowman. I mean, definitely have been a, a great addition to him. I mean, it, it with everything that he's gone through in his journey um, to now uh, – 
you've definitely been that at ace in the hole and it's been nice to see ha him have the support um with with me at legacy maker i have a team around me um although when it comes to the video productions it's mainly me and Darrell. i mean it, you know and that's you know i'm not trying to throw shade on anybody it's just that's just how it is i mean there, people will get on to do live videos and do stuff like live at certain events but when it comes to video productions there's a big difference between press and record and talk and hit and stop at a live production this mm -hmm. is a production which you and i are on the same boat we all know how it goes it is a heavy load we have fun with it but this is the time right here where we get to finally put all the work aside everything is done we get to let it unload and with that being said let's go ahead and take this into round one round one Here with round one, the New York Mets should be concerned about their small lead over the Braves in the NL East with only one month left for this season, actually less than a month at this point. How do you feel about this, Cole? Are you in or are you out on this? I am considering how things have been for the Mets, the way it started versus how it is now. I'm more on the end camp on this one. And, and the reason why I'm more in the end camp, uh, I remember hearing my co-workers talk endlessly about the Mets having their year. And it was similar to 1986 when they when they broke out to such a huge lead in the NL East. And then all of a sudden, the Braves just kept chipping away at the lead and chipping away at the lead, chipping away at the lead. And now they're looking at <laughs> they're looking at their, their rearview mirror and the Braves are on their bumper. Uh, now, the Mets may be able to hold them off, but it's quite possible that in the newly minted wildcard round uh, <laughs> next month, those two teams might play off and might, might play in that playoff to see who's going to advance to the NLDS. But uh, yes, the Mets should be concerned. Absolutely. They absolutely should. And I agree with Cole on this. I'm in on this as well. They've only got a game and a half lead over the Braves right now, and they just gave up the lead last week. Granted, it was only for a couple of days. It was a pretty short lead or whatnot that the Braves had, and they didn't they didn't make any leeway. They put all the energy they had into getting to this point. This is bad when you're the World Series champions and you are fighting for the last five months or so, it seems like, to get that spot. You haven't had it since I think it was like April 15th or April 16th. Fans, look out there, and, and if you can correct me in the comments, I'd appreciate it. But when it comes to that, You've been the World Series champs. Of course, you lost Freddie Freeman, but you brought in Matt Olson. You have had some issues when it comes to some stability in certain areas and staying healthy. However, when it comes to the Mets, the Mets have been a powerhouse all season. So when you take the Braves out of the equation, just to just forget that they're even in the division. You've got the Mets here who have been the powerhouse all season with Pete Alonzo and the other pieces around him. And you had a three to four game lead over the Braves averaging for quite some time. And now you give it up and then you just barely get it back. Even though you've got a game and a half lead and in some divisions, you're safe for a little bit in this division, probably the best division in major league baseball outside of the West, because you got to give love to the Dodgers as far as the best team in NL, but the best division right now, I believe, especially in the national league is the NL East. And when it comes to these two teams, they're going to be fighting back and forth for the rest of this month. But the Braves really need to turn it on now if they're going to actually take this lead back. 
but the Mets should definitely be concerned because you lost it. You just barely got it back, and there's still like almost 20 games left in the season. There's still time for the Braves to come take this thing away from you if you aren't careful. No, no question. I mean, uh, and and how bad would it be if you've held this lead, the, I'm talking about the Mets, for all of this time and you get caught by the champs <laughs> and and you now are fighting for your wildcard lives when you – thought for most of the year okay well we have one of the three divisional uh spots locked up we don't have to worry about that but now it is where you have to concern they have to concern themselves on if they do make the playoffs are we going to host this are we going to host a wild card uh are we going to have home field advantage in the wild uh, wild card round or will we have to actually travel that is something that you have to worry about now and yeah, uh, the Mets may have to actually consider themselves playing playoff baseball right now. Absolutely, and they, they don't have much time to waste. They need to be real careful when it comes to these last three weeks of regular season baseball because time's ticking, and before you know it, it's going to be the wild card round, and one of these two teams will be playing in it if they're you know not careful. One of them has to step up here and take the lead with very short time left in this season. Okay. With that being said, let's go ahead and carry that momentum into round two. Round two. And here with round two, let's take it into NFL. And last Thursday's game, when it came to the Bills and the Rams, the Buffalo Bills proved that the hype for this season is legitimate after blowout victory over the Rams. How do you feel about this, Cole? Are you in or are you out on this when it comes to the Bills? Uh, I think I'm in on this one, too. All right, so here's why I'm in. You have a team that they had a really nasty taste in their mouths in January. They, they, <laughs> I, I still can't believe they had this happen. They scored two touchdowns within the last two minutes of their playoff game in Arrowhead. And normally, if you were to score a touchdown within two minutes, you pretty much would say that's a wrap. That pretty much will deflate whomever is the opponent. They can go into the next round. But the Chiefs, of course, bounced back. They scored a touchdown and then answered the next touchdown with a field goal to send in overtime. And then, of course, they they score six to end the game. But the Bills had this nasty taste in their mouth. So when what we saw Thursday was twofold. You saw a team that wanted to prove to the world champs yeah, you may have gotten that ring in 2021, but that's last year. We're the team you got to worry about this year. And they wanted to prove that, you know, the I hate to say this word, but I think it applies. The at times soft looking team that we saw at the end of that game in the division round against the Chiefs, that they weren't so soft. They definitely proved it on the defensive line where they just simply were too fast and too strong for the Rams offensive line. And the third quarter, that that first drive to begin the second half of the Bills, it looked like we were looking at five or six bouncers. They were simply throwing every single Ram out the club. And I want to see that physicality continue on with the Bills because if it does continue, it won't be hype. It'll be real. The Bills will be one of the Super Bowl contenders. Absolutely. And you can definitely tell that was influenced by Von Miller as well. Mm -hmm. So with him leaving the Rams and going to the Bills, 
huge loss for the Bills. I mean, huge loss for the Rams, even though they got Wagner, you know, in with during the offseason, it, it helped out. But when it comes to proving the hype for this season is legitimate after the blowout victory, I agree with Cole. I'm in on this as well. 31 to 10. 31 to 10. A huge loss for the Rams when you're hanging your banner up, Super Bowl winning champions, and you're acknowledging that with a huge loss to the Bills, who made history in this game, Cole. It was Allen's seventh career game with three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, the third most in NFL history that only trails Tom Brady with eight and Drew Brees with nine. In the second half, Allen had a perfect passer rating of 158.3. And to top all of that off, Cole, to top all of that off, Allen was moving at 13.6 miles per hour before throwing that 53-yard bomb of a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. That's the fastest a QB has been running on a completion of 50 air yards or more since 2016. That is nuts. That is absolutely nuts when you put all that in the equation. Coming into this game against the Rams, the Super Bowl champs, and you smacked them in the mouth. I thought it was going to go a different way. I called the Rams actually winning this game, a close one at home, but it wasn't even close. I think a lot of people were calling for the Rams to win for this too in some aspects, but in some aspects they weren't too because the hype is real on this Buffalo Bills team. The Bills do have to take you know this game and go into Tennessee against a tough you know Tennessee Titans team as far as the defense goes, but that offense looked pretty lowly last weekend as well too. Following that up with a tough one against the Dolphins and the Ravens and then the Steelers who haven't had a losing season under Mike Tomlin's era. So the Bills do have a rougher schedule, I feel like, starting out than the Rams because the Rams go against the Falcons. Then they have a tough one against the Cardinals and then the 49ers to wrap out their their first four games of the season. So when you put all that in the equation, that was definitely a huge, big win for the Buffalo Bills to start out the momentum for the season. And I'm in on the fact that this hype is legitimate after that blowout victory. Man, I still feel for Jalen Ramsey. He's still picking his face up off the turf after Stefan Diggs just simply embarrassed him all game long. I look, the Rams, I think, will be able to bounce back, but I think they've had to learn now that how they did business in 2021, they're not going to be able to do business so easily in 2022. They're going to have to find another wrinkle in order for them to stand out this year versus last year because. Uh, you won't be able to go Stafford the Cup 15 to 20 times a game. And that basically is the bulk of your offense. They're going to have to diversify, diversify their offense more. They're going to have to actually commit to running the ball more too uh, you, because you're going to have to protect uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, memo to Rams offensive line. Do not allow your quarterback, who is now 33, I believe, to be sacked seven times a game. You might not be able to pick him off off the turf in one of those sacks. So you're fortunate he would he didn't ding himself up really bad with an injury. But uh, the Rams have to they have to tweak themselves defense offensively. Defensively, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll settle down because I don't think they'll they will meet with a they, they will meet with too few teams that can be as broad offensively as the Bills are. And as for the Bills. If they could keep their physicality up and if they can reduce the number of Josh Allen rushes and can some running back please step up? 
I know Singletary is supposed to, but can one of you, Singletary, uh, uh, Cook, one of you, can one of you just stand up and be not necessarily the bellwether cow, but at least one who can take the rock and run it at least 12 to 15 times in a game? I think that would help the team out even more. I really feel like that's one of their missing ingredients right there is that running back position because Devin Singletary just hasn't cut it in, in the overall sp- perspective of this team for years since he's been on the team I feel like they should have gone in a different direction whether it was last offseason or the offseason before however he's still there they still like him enough that he's still there so they see something in him that we don't but I've been calling out Devin Singletary for the past two years at least when it comes to how he is in addition to this Buffalo Bills offense so when it comes to their passing attack and the quarterback they're on the right page they're doing great when it comes to there and the athleticism of Josh Allen and the things that he was doing it in that game he's he's improved and gotten better when it comes to the rams though i felt like they switched the quarterback switched and, and traded back i feel like i was watching jared golf quarterback in some aspects and i felt like watching the lions game i was watching matt stafford at quarterback i thought they switched for the game or something because they looked like they had switched or it was matt stafford lions era mm-hmm. and jared golf i i don't know man it was it was wild to see that too it was definitely yeah. a, a turn of events i didn't expect from week one yeah in fact, I, I was talking to a Rams fan, and he actually said one of the one of the comments he said was, "Man, Stafford held on the ball far too long, far too often." So yeah, <laughs> he did, he did, and well, hopefully he'll learn from that. You know, he's he's a wily veteran, and in his mid thirties, he should definitely not be making these mistakes at this point in his career. But with that said, speaking of uh, you know surprises, we have breaking news. We got to go over real quick, Cole. Okay. So with that breaking news. Let's go ahead and pop this up. And that breaking news is this next Monday. Episode 49 will be next Monday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern live here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Joey Raymond returns to talk some more baseball, college football, Virginia Tech Hokies. Joey Raymond is back next Monday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern here on the Inner Out Sports Debate. And with that said, we are back here with episode 47 with Cole Johnson. And we have to take this into a round that uh, they cover very, very highly, but in a different direction on the Snowman in the Morning podcast. Let's go ahead and take this into round three. Round three. And here with round three, LeBron James is the NBA's greatest of all time. How do you feel about this, Cole? Let them know. Right. Are you in or are you out? <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James is now and still the best basketball player in the world. <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, it. I get that he probably has earned more money than any other player in NBA history. I get he's earned the NBA more money than any player in NBA history. I get that he has a lot going for him. I get that he's wonderful away from away from the arena. 
I get that he actually has helped the business of players to understand that they're brands. All of those things I fully grasp. All those things I fully understand. However, when it comes to just basketball skill, I have seen better. I've seen better in totality. I've seen better in, t- in players who've actually played as long as he's had. And I have seen better at his position. And, uh, I mean, I can, I can reel off names, but I don't want to bore all of you. It's just that the senseless attacks of people who I consider bronze sexuals, who they, they seem to want to treat this guy as if they are part of a harem. It, it just, it's agonizing and ridiculous. And if you want to join uh, Snowman in the Morning tomorrow, Bronze Sexual Confessions, I will discuss more on what I've heard ridiculousness that has come my way and Brian's way too as well. But no, no. No, I mean, I can think of many players that are better. Michael Jordan, for sure. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, I mean, uh, Shaq, uh, Kobe, uh, Tim Duncan, uh, Magic, Bird. Uh, no. Greatest of all time in O. No, no, no. I'm not trying to agree with Cole on every segment. I'm sure we're going to have a disagreement at some point, which is why we have six topics in this episode. (laughs) But with this one, I have to agree with him on this as well. I'm out too. Cole, this is... I, I can't even believe it was tough for me to even type this to put this in here for one. Like it was, <laughs> it was tough. And I've got a four minute video for us to watch. And I, and I had snowman watches too. And you're going to be dying laughing. It's, this is the reason why I'm going to say that I'm out on him being the greatest of all time. three games with a broken hand so that's what that's what it is the answer to the question everybody wants to know lebron what's your decision um in this fall man this is very tough um in this fall i'm gonna take my talents to south beach and um join the miami heat win championships not one championships not two lebron tell us about that not two not three not four not five not six not seven Hey. As James misses on the first one, much to the delight of the sold-out crowd. It's their first miss. They were nine for nine. Leonard comes in and Green will sit. That they want, they're just not falling through. You had to imagine that it was going to average out. That one will not drop. James wanted a whistle, not getting back on D. Nets with numbers. Russell will pull and hit. Right, now it comes down to whether or not the ball definitely is off LeBron James. 
right, as the ball almost came to you. To Flagrant? Oh, come on. What kind of league are we becoming if that's a flagrant foul? By Chalmers in another three. This was the Miami bench during this last timeout. Chalmers and James still talking about it. And James gets very upset with Chalmers right here and gets in his face. These two have had that kind of relationship. Yes. Chalmers has always been kind of a little brother that they yell at. But you can see the frustration. The quarter break. This was a, a while ago. LeBron and Ty Lue kind of trying to talk it out a little bit. Neither one of them were happy. See what they get. Gallo. Yeah. The real concern right now is LeBron James eventually was carried to the Heat bench. And we're trying to get an update as they work on. This is cramps, Mike. They're trying to get him a. The court is now reading above 90 degrees in this building. It is stifling just to sit and watch. Again, fans all game long have been waving their programs, and James can't even put any pressure on it. I can't even imagine what it's like to play in it, let alone just... Durant goes to Kevin Love, pulls up jumper, got it! Kevin Durant with 40! And that's, that's a great job by Kevin Love defending Kevin Durant, but I'm not going to give you that. I'm not switching Kevin Love onto Kevin Durant. It's a recipe for disaster. Here's my question, why? This is a fake screen to get you to switch. If you're LeBron James, stay connected to Kevin Durant. This is outstanding defense by Kevin Love, but I'm not going to put him in this situation. I'm going to tell LeBron to defend him because Kevin Love, as great defense as he plays, he's still... I like Durant. He says, I don't need a screen. Let me play one-on-one -on -one against LeBron. Now Hood picks him up on the switch. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! And right there, with all of that there, of all of the, those examples of LeBron right there and how he's treated his teammates, how he's acted during games, I can never say he's the greatest of all time. I don't even have him at two. And some of these lists out there, even if he's not at one and, and some of these bronze sexuals minds like you and Snowman call him, I would have to say he's – he's. I would have to at least give him his credit. He's in the top ten on the lower end of that probably in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But I don't have him as far up as two or even in the top five because he's played in a more pussified style of basketball than basketball was when Jordan played because it was more physical. Think about when Jordan had to play those bad boy Pistons in the beginning stages of when he first started getting those championships in the first two years that he was getting them and mm -hmm. all of that stuff that led into all of those Eastern Conference Finals appearances before all of that. So he had to earn it. He didn't build super teams like they've been doing for the past 10 years or so. So come on, man. I cannot give it to LeBust. I call him LeBust with a capital B. L-E-B-U-S-T, just like they had that game Floppy Birds back in the day. They had that game Floppy LeBron that you could download on Google as well. And I had it at one time. It's a floppy Bird with LeBron's face because all he did was floppy, floppy, floppy to get those calls. And that's why basketball is so pussified now. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's another reason why I really can't give it to him. He's such a great actor on the court. I, I, I've never seen 
a player who was that elite. I've seen players, period, but I've never seen a player that elite be that much of an actor on it. I I have not. And I, and, and I mean, uh, people would like to show me clips of when Jordan has done this and when Kareem has done this and Magic and Burke. I'm like, look, they're basketball players. They're going to exaggerate plays. I get that. But none of them do that exaggeration to the, to that degree like LeBron does. You can just blow on him, and I really do mean blow on him, and he will claim that someone swiped him and, and scratched his skin. That is how ridiculous he is. It is definitely not a sight for sore eyes, man. So we don't, <laughs> we don't want to. That was hilarious. <laughs> well done, too, and that was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, guys, we've got a good amount of comments. We'll go ahead and acknowledge them here at the middle of the show yeah. for the medial mayhem. <laughs> We got our one super fan. John Kimball is here. Says, what's up, guys? What's up, Cole? Doing, Shouts. Thanks for the uh, shout outs there, Cole. Went to Cole and uh, myself there, John. That was your best intro yet. I guess talking about oh, the no. intro for you coming in. So thank you uh, for acknowledging that, John. It was definitely, oh. it's definitely fun putting that together, man. <laughs> the Bills are winning it all this year. Okay. Hmm. I, I can't go there just yet. But um, they're on their way. I'll definitely say that. They still got to get through this point right here. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Oh, I love Absolutely. Jim Senior. <laughs> and and they don't want to be jinxed either. So Chris Jericho no. jumps in for this. Would one. you please shut the hell up? Go ahead, Jericho. <laughs> yes. So, John, lighten it up for this next set of comments that we have for the second half of the show. We don't want to jinx the Bills here. <laughs> Ramsey is trash. trash. That I, started I to become more and more of an opinion about him, that, that mm-hmm. he is trash. Yeah, but I've, I've come to learn that he's, to me, I don't think he's as good of a man-to-man uh, corner as he would be if he's, like, cover two. And I think that is pretty much where he lives. And I think they should start trying to do more and more of that with him. Play spaces instead of playing guys. I think they should bring this guy in to help Ramsey find his mojo back. Because you didn't look like you had that kind of fire in you last week there, Jalen Ramsey. So, yes, Kimball, as of this moment, yes, he probably is. But we'll we'll see how he turns it around. He's got 16 more games to play in. We'll see if if he makes it all the way through. Yeah. World Series champs won't repeat. I'm more more along the lines of thinking that way. I don't think they are. I I don't think they're going to repeat. They they yeah. can. I don't think they will. But looking into the eyes of all of those members on that team who are still on that team from that World Series championship, and you try to tell them that, I feel like this is what's going through their mind on the other side of that. You can't handle the truth. Because that's what we're thinking right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a I'm a Braves fan. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Mm-hmm. 
However, like I, I don't think they're going to repeat with what, what we just talked about earlier. For the past five months, they've been clamoring and clamoring and clamoring mm-hmm. away towards getting that lead back, and they can't even get it. And when they do, they have it for less than a week and lose it again. Yeah. And now they they were at one game down yesterday. Now they're already at a game and a half because yeah. of the way the, the, the standings are working out. So and it's not a, in their favor right now. And that's a good point. I, I just think the momentum of actually having to basically play playoff ball in their mind since June. I think when it gets to October, I think that their their wheels are going to spin and they're going to be tired. That, that's how I look at it. But I'm not counting them out in terms of, well, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they repeated. I just don't think they will because I don't because I think they're missing a couple of pieces anyway. I mean, heck, Freeman's one of them. Mm-hmm. And they've had some injuries, too. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I, I don't agree with that, even as a fan of the team. He says the greatest in the world out that intro that you gave for LeBron was great going into that. That was that's that's probably going to be in the best of series with it out of this episode. That's going to be great. LeBron is top 10, but not the goat. Absolutely. We definitely agree with you on that. I mean, we even acknowledge that towards the end of the take after the the highlight video. Mm -hmm. So we definitely agree with that. And I'll give you this. I'm not even playing the whole clip because I don't even want to see the whole video to acknowledge that LeBron is top 10. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go fully in there yet, but we got to give him his credit when it's due with that. Mm -hmm. Leaders don't act like this. LBJ wouldn't want to hear that. And to go back to that, I feel like we need to play this one more time. You can't handle the truth. And that's something he can't handle because if you would have said that to him in public or, or say it in any publication, he would want to make sure that you're ousted in some way or shape or form. Uh, isn't that right, Rachel Nichols? Absolutely. And you, absolutely with Rachel Nichols. A great one to throw in there on that. Mm-hmm. And I bet you LeBron would act like this, and I don't even want to use this Samuel L. Jackson reference in this way, but this is how he would act if you came at him with it. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> Because he wouldn't even, he think you're coming at him with gibberish. Because right. he knows all, he is all, he's the greatest in his mind. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Good, mm-hmm. good call out on that, John Kimball. Yeah. Broken hand crybaby. Why would you say that? In, uh, <laughs> look, dude, just about everybody who has gone through in the playoff journey until that point, which I'm sure that was probably sometime in May or June, they probably have something ailing from e- anywhere from head to toe. So, yeah, it's understandable. You're an athlete. You probably have dinged something on you. I know that you probably are hurt in some way, shape, form, or fashion, but you don't have to say this in order to say, well, well, you know, LeBron didn't play his best, but he didn't do so because his hand was damaged. So maybe we need to ease off of the uh, off of the criticism. No, no. No. Yeah, because this is how Dolomite would talk to you. Bitch, are you for real? Absolutely. Another shout out to Snowman in the Morning with that one. Because come on, man. Why would you even say that in the words of Cole Johnson? He's right, not seven, because he didn't get seven. <laughs> Absolutely. He Barely got the two that he years. did with the Heat. <laughs> right. <laughs> The Heat should have won all four of those finals appearances. John, here's the messed up part about that. I agree with you from the standpoint of they had the most talent all four years. All four years they had the most talent. Now, people would probably argue with me in 2014 because it was the Spurs. But 
you were seeing Tim Duncan on a decline. You were seeing, you were starting to see the other two and Tony Parker and Mono Ginobili just about to dip into the twilight of their careers. And the only stud they really had was Kawhi Leonard, but they had, but the Heat had talent on their team. They decided to throw the white flag and quit on them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. They were the better team all four years. And to only come up with two, that's, it, it's, it's, that's shameful. Shameful. LeBron should have more rings than Jordan at this point, considering how many times he's yes. gone to the finals, considering how much mm -hmm. hype that's been around him. Yes. The fact that he's got four, and he should have had the four that he's got now with the Heat, let alone he got the other one with the Lakers, and then he got mm -hmm. the one, he finally brought one back to Cleveland, but he had to build a semi-super team with the Cleveland Cavaliers mm -hmm. in order to do it. Not quite a super team as the Heat, but he built a semi-super team, I'll give him that, mm -hmm. and got the one, even though they went to four straight championships. He went to eight straight NBA finals, got three. Only three. Sad. Very mm -hmm. sad. Only three. Went to, went to nine out of ten mm -hmm. and got five. Yeah. Well, nine out of no. ten and got five. Yeah, four. Yeah, four. I don't know where the five, fifth one came from. I don't know where the, the brain fart was coming from. But yeah, nine out of ten, and got four. Got four out. Of, come on, man. Come and, and, on. And I'll and I'll say this. I'll say this once. I'll say this again. So this is LeBron James's era. Yeah, we can talk about somebody else who has four rings and got in less time and in less trips, and that's Stephen Curry. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't have Steph in my top 10 quite yet. I don't either. Darrell and I went through that um, yeah. on episode 17, and I've got our, our top 10s are the same, but where the difference is he has Tim Duncan out and I had, and had Steph Curry in, and I had the opposite. I had Tim Duncan in and Steph Curry out. So uh, that's yeah. definitely a good one to go back and look on. And one last comment yeah. here in the medial mayhem. What's up, my brothers from Wise El Jefe? Wise, welcome to the show. Welcome back, my man. Thank What's you for up, being man? here. Wives is here for episode 37. Definitely, oh, we crushed it here with that one, so we did mm -hmm. we did great. Um, thanks again, Wise, for being here, and, and hope to get you guys here on, on again at some point. But with that being said, we've gone through the midway point. Let's go ahead and take this into round four with the By the Numbers segment. Round four. And here with round four, Jack Morris is the greatest athlete to ever wear the number 47 in all of sports history. Cole, how do you feel about this one? Are you in or are you out on this one? Man, and this and this is what makes it so tough for me. So of the guys who have won 47, he's my favorite one. So I'm trying not to do this with, with prejudice here. But if I have to have my arm twisted, I would have to say... And now I know there's some other great ones, you know, Leroy Irving comes to mind, uh, but I've really enjoyed seeing Jack Morris on the Hill pitching. Uh, he had this, he had this fire and this intensity that you want to have your aces have. And, whether it was 1984 when he pitched no hitter in April and basically was the ace of all aces on that on, on that wonderful franchise uh, and team, whether it was uh, 1991 where he in Game Seven of a World Series pitched ten shutout innings, or any point in between, 
this guy is a stud does not give the does not get the props he's due and uh he definitely is one of my favorite pitchers that i've ever seen and uh i yeah i have a hard time thinking of another 47 that i actually would like better or even as much as jack morris you know we've done a lot of agreeing throughout this episode <laughs> and mm-hmm. i came really close to agreeing with this one and, mm-hmm. and actually picking in, but after a lot of back and forth on this recently, I'm actually out. The accolades that you bring up, Cole, I mean, he's four-time World Series champion, of course, in 84, then got the three straight because he got the one with the Twins, then went to the Blue Jays and got back-to-back there before finishing off with the Cleveland Indians uh, the next year. Four World Series in a 17-year career, five-time All-Star, was the World Series MVP in 91. However, however, I have to give this to someone in a different sport in the game of football. Someone who was one of the architects for the defense of the steel curtain. Someone who was the prototype, the prototype position, the prototype cornerback of his era and a significant reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers were a dominant team of the 1970s. Got to give it for Mel Blunt. Got to give it to Mel Blunt. Four-time Super Bowl champion with Mel Blunt. Defensive player of the year in 1975. Was a two-time first-team selection. Four-time second-team selection. Five-time Pro Bowl. Now, I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. Tom Glavin's another honorable mention, but he only had one World Series in 1995, and they should have won several more. Had he won like three or four more and been up there on the same pages, potentially like uh, um, Jack Morris, I would give it to him. But because Jack Morris had a more successful career, Tom Glavin's at three, in my opinion. Jack Morris is at two. Mel Blunt is at one because football, tougher sport. Back then, football had a lot less rules, a lot harder to play, kind of like when we compare Michael Jordan to LeBron because it's more pussified now in the NFL, just like in basketball, than back in the day. I mean, let's be real. When it comes to the best to wear 47, in my personal opinion, it's Mel Blunt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, even though that is a compelling argument, and I'd be inclined to say you're, you're, you're correct, and would change my mind. I'm not going to change it. However, this is all that, to buffer your argument, this is all that you need to know. So when the Steelers had their heyday and they had their two Super Bowl championships in tow and they were entrenched as the Steel Curtain, then they decided to put forth the best defensive year that any team has ever had in 1976. And then followed it up by basically just just giving you pointers on how to do bump and run. 1978's offseason, the uh, competition committee gets together and they decide to come up with a rule where it is one chuck from the line of scrimmage. And if a corner hits a wide receiver after that one chuck, it's a pass interference penalty. It has been called the Mel Blunt rule because of that, because he was the absolute king of being handsy, of being physical, not being dirty, but being handsy, being physical. And basically, it sort of was like in the 70s, it was the football version of the hand check in the 90s in the NBA, 
where he would guide wide receivers to spots where it would make it a little easier for him to get picks. But the reason why you have that rule, which is still is instituted today, is because of Mel Blunt. So, yes, to buffer your point, I agree with you on that for sure. But still, though, Jack Morris, that, that dude was one of the best aces I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All raw. All raw was, mm-hmm. was Jack Morris. And it was tough. It was really yeah. tough. But when it I is. crunched it and the fact that what you just said, they just made a role change because of Mel Blunt. Yes. That's another way he was yes. so impactful to the game of the NFL. Because mm-hmm. of that, you just helped me in my own argument when That's it comes what I said. to that. So thank you with that. I know. I'm no just problem. saying I have to give acknowledgement to you for acknowledging me. We're acknowledging each other here, Cole. So that was great. That was that was great. Thank you for that for one. But that was a great argument right there for the uh, the number 47. Mm-hmm. And with that said, we do have a bonus round and another topic that uh, that Cole knows very well when it comes to the WNBA. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> it never gets old I, I love it <laughs> and with that being said when it comes to our bonus round sue bird should be considered as the greatest wnba athlete of all time and with your coverage in the wnba there cole mm-hmm. how do you feel about this are you in or are you out on sue bird being the greatest one of all time i have profound Huge, big-time respect for Sue Bird. She definitely is one of the greatest basketball players, I don't give a crap about gender, that has ever come down the pike in basketball. No question. However, with this one, I'm out. And here's why I'm out. So there's two... Basketball players that I have have witnessed female that just wowed me as soon as I looked at them. One, actually, both of them played at USC. Uh, number two on my list would be Reggie Miller's sister. <laughs> uh, and the story goes, he was they both were in high school, and Reg and both went to different high schools. Uh, Reggie had a game where he scored forty. And his parents picked him up and he was excited and he was he was amped. And then they go and they pick up his sister. And so <laughs> uh, Reggie being amped to to his sister, uh, he was like, guess what? I scored 40 points. I scored 40 points. Isn't that great? It turns out that his sister in that, in, in that same night scored 105 and that person is cheryl miller now as soon as i laid eyes on her i said wow this this is probably the first person i could see as a female who it doesn't matter who's on the court she would just embarrass them and i thought that was the best basketball player as a female i've ever seen until the WNBA began and they came to my town in houston unfortunately they no longer are there the houston comments and that team won four straight, the first four straight WNBA titles. And it was led by this woman who wore the number 14. She had handles like any point guard that I've ever seen in the NBA. She had a lot of speed to her. She had a lot of great knowledge. She was a coach on the floor. 
She had the competitive drive. She would simply destroy any player who did not have a will on the court. And if you had will, she wanted to prove that she had a tougher one. The greatest basketball player as in, in the that has worn a WNBA uniform or has worn a uniform at all in basketball, that's a woman, Cynthia Cooper. Okay. You know, with this, um, when it comes to this one, it was tough because, I mean, Sue Bird, um, I, I looked and I looked and I didn't find anybody who was – I know she was the longest tenured current right. WNBA player. She is. It, I feel like it's is, – is that of all time too because I couldn't find any different than I that? I think it is all time. The only one who could probably threaten her would be Diana Taurasi, but I think she has that over her no, too. No, she came in in 04, so she's she's yeah. been there longer than Taurasi. That, so that's that, what I, was I saw that too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, when it comes to this and Sue Bird and when we, when we put it all in perspective – I've got to go out on this too and agree with Cole on this. I'm I'm out on this discussion when it comes to Sue Bird as the greatest of all time in WNBA history. You know, Sue Bird, um, she's been there since 2002, Seattle Storm the entire way. Um, besides some of the international play that she's done, you know, she's a four-time WNBA champion in Seattle um, in 04, 2010, 2018, and 2020, a 13-time WNBA All-Star. She has a lot of accolades. She's definitely a cornerstone of the WNBA. I would definitely have her in the top 10, maybe in the top five, kind of close. It's kind of tough when you put all those names in WNBA history. When you think of Tamika Catchings and you think of Cynthia Cooper, like you said, and Maya Moore, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, all these different names that played before. And you got Sue Burb, the other one that's still playing and for a team that had Brittany Griner as a teammate. And Phoenix Mercury, that is Diana Taurasi, who's still playing since 2004. Taurasi has definitely been a huge, huge impact to WNBA, even though she has one less championship. She does have finals MVP. She's a 10-time All-Star. She's 10-time WNBA first team, four-time second team. It was definitely the WNBA Rookie of the Year in 04. When you break down the accolades, when you break down the statistics, she has meant more to the game of the WNBA than what Sue Bird has. Sue Bird is a lot is even lower in my opinion than the names that I rattled off before that. So um, definitely in the top ten, Sue Bird is. I don't know about top five. That's tough. However, when it comes to number one, and even though she just retired from a legendary twenty year career, we have to put her outside of the number one. Although Cole. I feel like this two-minute highlight video might actually change some people's minds out there. The best point guard in this league's history says goodbye. I think it'd be great if I played in WNBA. I think once I get out of college, I might want to try out and see what happens. I'm not good enough time, but yeah, I, you know, then it's going to affect my future if I make it, especially if I make it. <laughs> Sue Bird with her first point as a Seattle Storm. Sue Bird, the pure point guard. The best point guard in history, and she sure does know how to shoot the basketball. And she is the quarterback out there of this team. Sue Bird's going to need well, maybe her own chapter in the WNBA record book. Goes all the way to the basket, scoop layup, good, and she's fouled! Sue Bird! She is smarter than literally everyone on the basketball yep. court. And she knows things before they happen. It's all time frame, putting on an 
Sue Bird. She's 5'9 and maybe 145 pounds. And yet she's won at every level. She's won more than anyone. Points, assists, best all-time, three-point field goals, the best point guard that has ever played the game. So much of what she does doesn't even show up in the box score. Back to Sue. Great look at a 25-footer. Sue Bird, the most accomplished champion this city has ever seen, beloved by these fans, says goodbye. I'm going to miss it so much. I'm going to miss it. So, so, so proud to be a member of the Seattle Storm. It has been my honor to play for this franchise, to play for these fans. I hope I made everybody in here proud. I love that call out on LeBron there at the end. How many times it took LeBron, man. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a great tribute video to her that yeah. they had, um, you know, coming out of that last game with Seattle for 20 years. Definitely a legendary mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Not the best of all time in the opinion of Cole and myself. Mm-hmm. However, still made a big impact to the sport oh, yeah. of basketball and women's basketball, period. So thank you, Sue. For everything you did for those ladies out there for that. Now, with that being said, we have one more round to go through with Cole, and that is the final round. Final round. With the final round, this one, trading all of Cleveland for Donovan Mitchell was a franchise crippling move for the Cavaliers. How do you feel about this, Cole? Are you in or are you out on this one? I am one- Hundred no, one thousand no, ten that no, a hundred that no, one million percent in. You mean to tell me that you all were so hungry to have someone you consider to be a superstar that you trade away one of your future commodities and two other nice pieces along with other draft picks that you could use to help fortify this youth movement that you have had that has become a a light in the league, all because you wanted to have Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, if he was going to be this great of a guy and this great of a get to where you you get rid of three players and three draft picks, the Jazz would have won a ring by now. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's it's as if the Cleveland Cavaliers brass decided to pull in their pocket and say, "Oh, let's pull a LeBron James move. Let's let, let's simply destroy our future and get a ring now." Well, <clears throat> you messed yourself up for the future too, because how can you build? around this team with only him and Evan Mobley as your two players. Okay, you got the fro there too. But besides that, how can you build around that? You had a good thing going, and you could have continued that good thing in going, 
but you decided to ruin it. it it's it, all I gotta say is bravo. You know, when 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 LeBron left and went to South Beach in 2010, I actually felt sorry for the franchise because I really thought this guy held you hostage. But you know something. Dan Gilbert and all of you fools, you deserve to have the franchise tank because you keep doing boneheaded decisions like this. And if this is done because you actually want to lure LeBron back to Northeastern Ohio, stop. Don't mess it up further because you already messed it up plenty. Absolutely. I agree with Cole in on this. <laughs> I, I'm in on this too. Donovan Mitchell at 26 years of age is only a three-time NBA All-Star in his five years in the NBA. The Cavaliers sent Laurie Markinen, a rookie wing, and Okai Agabaki. I can't even say his name. And the guard that we all knew who was supposed to be the savior of the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron left to go to Los Angeles, that being Colin Sexton, along with three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, 2027, and 2029. They are later, but you also have two pick swaps in 2026 and 2028. Sexton agreed to a four-year, $72 million sign-and-trade deal to go to the Jazz. What this does, this transforms the Cavaliers into the Eastern Conference contender in their mind that they think they are when it comes to picking up Donovan Mitchell. And I say keyword, in their mind, because I don't think that this one piece in giving up the one person who was supposed to be the future of your franchise in Colin Sexton at one point I don't see where this makes you any better than you were yesterday when it comes to before the trade. In certain cases, to me, I think it makes them worse. I, I so they've been they've been on the come up the last few years, and they were they were the talk of the league in terms of oh, this might be the next team that's going to be the ones we got to watch out for. You know, like how we regard the Memphis Grizzlies now. You know, we were talking about them in two thousand. Uh, in 2021 is saying, okay, well, we have to look out for this team because they got this stud in John Morant and the pieces around him actually look pretty good. They look actually look like they're a good team. And then, of course, they end up this past year winning 56 games and getting the number two seed in the West. Seeing the youth be built and having them play together and grow and be a unit, that is what you needed to do, Cleveland. That's what you need to do, Cavs. You had your unit. You had your nucleus. You should have built around that nucleus instead of basically destroying it. It's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch over this next NBA season, which is coming around the corner before you know it. It'll be here soon. Right now, we've got the hype with football and, you know, with baseball playoffs, you know, right around the corner. And then now this, it will be interesting to see how Donovan Mitchell works out in Cleveland. But for Cole and myself, we don't have a lot of high hopes for this. I feel like this definitely crippled this franchise. And I think that the uh, the fans did, too, because we've got a good amount of comments to end the show. Let's go ahead and take this into the mayhem culmination. <laughs> Decent amount of comments. We've got Snowman up in here as well as Wise Al Hefe is still here. 
Let me see where we ended off. We ended off with uh, Wise had just said, what's up, my brother's in here. Then he said, I must support my bros. Thank you, Wise. We appreciate it. That's why we definitely called you out right there for the support. We appreciate it. One of the best big game pitchers to do it, talking about um, Jack Morris. So definitely, definitely giving love with that, with your pick with that. Mm -hmm. Tom Glavin is the best ever. Can't really go that, John. I would I, look. I like John. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like Tom Glavin. Loved him. Loved him when he played. But there, there's there's other left-handed pitchers that I like better than him. I feel like Triple H would disagree. You know, liar, liar. Because we 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 don't agree, and most experts don't agree either. So no, sorry, sorry, John, cannot agree with you on that. He also gives a shout-out to Wise Al Hefe because we were talking about Wise. I guess he's seen Wise on, on the episodes before, giving a shout-out to Wise. Mm -hmm. No question, Glavin is a great pitcher, says oh, Wise. No question. So, uh, without a doubt. We definitely don't want to take anything away from the van. No but question. But he only had one, one World Series championship and with a team that he should have had plenty more. And mm -hmm. in baseball, it's not a one-person no. sport like tennis or something like right. you know it's a, it's a whole team of mainly 25 people on a team that come mm -hmm. together as one to win the games right so the question is WNBA basketball yes it definitely mm -hmm. is and with that he says coop cynthia cooper mm -hmm. so that's a good pick and definitely sticking along the lines with what cole was saying mm -hmm. Brittany griner is the goat of prison basketball now <laughs> that clip was familiar. Uh, <laughs> that that cover reminds me of like if I were to say something, I think you all would recognize this. Brittany Griner is the best basketball player for me to poop on. That statement. <laughs> It reminds me of Try of the Comic Dog. Prison <laughs> basketball. I think when it comes to the guards, and it might be in a different way because it's in a different language, but when they say the word Brittany Griner to Russian prison guards. What? Brittany Griner. What? Exactly. What? Because that's what's going on right now in Russia. Sorry, Brittany, but you should have. You should have, you know, seen what the laws were and, you know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time when it comes to traveling outside the U.S. with a foreign substance like that. Amen so, to that. So, um, so when it comes to that, of course, thank you for that funny one, John. That was funny. Yeah. He says he's got Cooper at number one as well. Thank you, John. Yeah. Snowman D. Willie and Cole Sports. My man. Yeah. Snowman. Snowman, mm -hmm. hopefully you're doing all right. Miss you this morning with watching yeah. uh, Snowman in the morning. Um, hopefully everything is is going well. We want to see you back at it here soon with uh, with what you do. So definitely uh, glad to see uh, that Cole kept it going for you. And the Cavs blew it. So he definitely yes, agrees. Yep. Yes, sir. Snowman. Snowman <laughs> says John Campbell. Colin Sexton will flop in Utah. I won't say flop. I think that that's a little bit far fetched, and I think even Colin Sexton would say, "Would that. you please shut the hell up?" Just give him a chance. Yeah, give him the chance. He was the truth, supposedly, um, in mm -hmm. Cleveland when he first came there for LeBron. So, yeah, yeah, 
I agree with I agree with Cole. Like, uh, you know, I don't think he'll be a flop right away in Utah. Give the man some no. time. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is the truth. Well, if he ever becomes Paul Pierce again, I do not want to root for him ever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but look, I like Donovan Mitchell. I do. I think if he were to have the right pieces around him, I think he actually probably could. He probably could win a ring. I'll admit that. But he is, to me, he is not worth three players and three draft picks. No. He just is not. With a pick swap of two. So technically, there's five picks involved in this deal. Oh, yeah. The and the pick yeah, swaps and, then, yeah. and in the three later on. There's, there's there's still so much riding on this. Not to mention, you let go of Markin in two and right. Sexton. So it's that those are big in itself for just one right. guy, really. Right. It's, it's, yeah. I don't I don't agree with that. I feel like uh, you, you need to you're potentially somebody in the front office. They're going to they're going to hire Vinnie Mac just to come in and say this. Absolutely. While playing highlights of this. Stay off the weed. Absolutely. <laughs> because in your house, you might have a grandmother doing this. Stay off the weed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was because, not ready. <laughs> because just like Sandra Brown says, ain't nobody got time for that. Absolutely. Thank you, Sandra Brown, for that take right there. Because we don't. We don't have time for that. And our last comment of the show, guys. John Kimball says, watch him get Cleveland another ring in the next three years. Damn! That's a bit far-fetched, John. You've been pretty spot-on, except for a couple different jobs. We, we we were just joking, but for you to say Cleveland will get a ring in the next three years, that's a... Uh, that's, a bit, that's a bit rough. What do you think there, Cole? Let's see. I think the Celtics have something to say about that. I think the Bucks do, too. I think the the Heat possibly could as well. And if the Sixers can get their act together, I think they can too. I don't see them being one of those top four teams. I just don't. Not in the next three years. I, I just don't. I think your comment was borderline troll-worthy there, John. And we got to acknowledge it with this. This is our message to the trolls. <laughs> Don't come up in here stirring up our fun because this is how we feel when it comes to the trolls. John Campbell, I love you. You definitely have some great things to say, but for that one, that acknowledges our message to the trolls, our combating the trolls segment of this show, if we were to ever need one, and I felt like it was necessary in that moment. 
Speaking mm-hmm. of things that are necessary in that moment, it is time to acknowledge the Vault of Fame for Cole. Acknowledge me. And here in the Vault of Fame, it is time to induct Cole Johnson with episode 47. Cole Johnson is now locked in the Vault of Fame with the rest of the contestants listed at the beginning of the show. Don't forget, up next as Double Debate Tuesday continues, we have controversial Raphael Haynes from the three-point conversion here for episode 48 this evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. As well as next week, announced with the breaking news earlier, episode 49, Joey Raymond is here for next Monday's edition of episode 49, live at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can always check the inner out sports debate on Mondays and Tuesdays, available on Legacy Maker Sports Network platforms, as well as the handles listed below on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, coming soon, TikTok, and check out everything as well on LegacyMakerSports.com. Also, the Inner Out Sports Debate is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch, as well as the audio platforms listed here as well with Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime. You can listen on Anchor.fm, and you can also download individual episodes on iTunes. Don't forget about that tippy action. Leave the Willie Bucks here on the Cash App here, dwillie87. If you feel like my show does not suck and want to give me a tip, thank you very much for all of you guys out there watching the show, especially here with episode 47. We only have a couple small things left, but the first one is acknowledging our final word. You know, Cole here with the final word, just out of everything we talked about on this show, out of all six topics or just anything in sports in general, what's on your mind there, sir? Go ahead and let us know here with the final word. You know, I I can think about, uh, you know, talking about the NCAA uh, having one of the screwiest of weekends, but I'm not going to. Uh, I can, of course, endlessly talk about all the stuff that I have seen while perusing social media with bronze sexuals, but I'm not going to do that either. What has been on my mind still ever since it took place last night, Nathaniel Hackett, what in the world were you thinking? You have paid a quarterback $165 $165 million guaranteed. He's supposed to get $256 million in total. You brought him in for situations like this. And even with your running backs trading places to fumble at the goal line, you still were only done one point on the road with four minutes to go and three timeouts with the two-minute warning in tow. But what do you do? You do not give the urgency with anybody on your team to say, okay, if you get the ball, go out of bounds, uh, understand the clock is our enemy. No, no. You allow the two-minute warning to go off. You even allow the Seahawks to call a timeout before you call a timeout to get the field goal unit on to kick a 64-yard field goal. You deserve to lose this, lose this game. And it, it you're, you're reminiscing for me last year, and it makes me think 
it makes me think that you have decided to drink the Kool-Aid of one Brandon Staley because he made boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision being the Chargers head coach last year. Now he has company in the division because you have made your first boneheaded decision as a first-year head coach, Mr. Hackett. Come on, really? 64 yards? I'm, I'm, I'm through. I'm through with that. Cole, I, I love it. And, you know, I was actually going to go with that. Like, you, you did it better than I could have because that game last night was ridiculous. I only caught the last last half of it because we were doing episode 46 last night with Darrell. But I'm going to stick along the lines of football since you went with that because that was a horrible matchup. Just football and, and from some teams this weekend was just sloppy in general when you think about it. Um, and, and the biggest one that I'm going to take away from that since you took the Denver Broncos game from last night is the game from Sunday that went to overtime and tied with the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Come on now, guys. Yeah, we're talking all that smack about Carson Wentz and the two-ankle snappage of one play. The man drank all of his milk during the offseason, came to Washington, and threw four touchdowns. He did have two interceptions yesterday, I mean, on Sunday, so I, I, I can't give him so much praise. But he threw four touchdowns and came back and won, even though it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a lonely team from last year. But they are not the same team under Urban Meyer as we saw, they definitely made some strides over the offseason, and, and, and Doug Peterson's got the Jaguars in a good place. Back to Washington. Wentz, you definitely stuck it to the uh, Colts on Sunday because when they played the Texans, a team that went through all of that debacle with, with Deshaun Watson, losing him, the massages, all of that stuff. You got a quarterback that nobody really knows who seems like he's the court, Kurt Warner, not the not the successful part, but the guy that you just got from bagging groceries at the grocery store and named Davis Mills playing quarterback for you. He scored 20 points, a quarterback that that's probably the most points he'd ever scored in a game before. Then you got Matt Ryan, who you got this offseason, coming from Atlanta. The hype is on him to go even further with this team than what they did last year. And he looked like the Matt Ryan from the 28-3 to turnaround of the Patriots won in that Super Bowl. What is going on with the Colts here? You talk all that smack about Carson Wentz. Get him on out of here after that last game last season, after that last regular season game. Look at what Carson did. Look at what you did, Indianapolis Colts. Know your role and shut your mouth like the, like the Rock says. And I'm going to play it right here for you, Indianapolis Colts fans and owner. You should know your role and shut your mouth. Absolutely. Take that, Colts owner Jim Ursay. You should know better. I'm Cole Johnson, a Texans fan, and I approve that message. <laughs> Lord have mercy. That was ugly. I mean, there was there were some yes. ugly games. I mean, we almost had two ties going into the end, mm -hmm. but luckily we got saved and we, and we didn't have to have yeah. two ties because they both would have been ugly. Which that would have been the first time they said the stat it was like the first time since 1972, I believe it would have been they had since two uh, ties in the they had in the week. Yeah, two ties in a week, let alone the first week of the season. And it would have been Terrible. worse. Both the games would have been tied at 20. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made, even stuck it to history even more on that one, mm -hmm. my man. Yeah. With that, we've had a great show here, Cole. Yeah. We, we it, The final word was great. Thank you again for being here with me for episode 47 of the Inner Out Sports Debate here. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the appreciate the love and uh, I appreciate the time. Thank you for just letting me be me and rocking with you. 
Hey, same here, man. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. We only have one thing left to do, and that is look at one badass outro. Thank you guys for sticking with us for a little over an hour here for episode 47. For the legend, Cole Johnson, to my side right here, I am Drew Willingham. Everybody stay safe out there in these streets. <laughs>